other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You know, I drive in here just about every night for a few reasons, and uh, namely because I would have to leave my house a lot earlier and spend less time with my wife and child if I was going to take mass transit. I like mass transit. I used to take mass transit to work. I'd prefer to take mass transit. But there's not a mass transit option that gets me here when I need to get here. That's the bottom line. And I'll tell you what I notice when I drive into Manhattan at night, and I usually leave my home around 10 p.m. I get to Midtown 11-ish. I notice there's not a lot of traffic congestion in Manhattan including in Midtown. There's traffic congestion, especially when there's construction in Staten Island. There's traffic congestion on the BQE in Brooklyn and Queens. Why then does every single congestion pricing plan that was released yesterday, all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them, charge me a congestion pricing fee? The lowest one is is $5, but you know they're going to come up with uh, a way that uh, one of these other plans gets implemented, which provides exemptions for certain people. I could be paying as much as $12. An additional $5 a day is not something that I'm really looking forward to. And I'll tell you, this makes no sense. I recognize that we have to do something about traffic congestion in Manhattan. I recognize it's an environmental hazard. I recognize it's costing the economy a lot of money. But the problem with traffic congestion is during rush hour. It's not during the overnight hours. And by trying to charge me more money under the auspices of reducing traffic congestion, it shows you that this is not about reducing traffic congestion at all. It's about taxing me and you if you're driving in at this time makes no sense if this was a serious congestion pricing plan then those of us that come into work at off-peak hours or overnight hours we'd be exempt this isn't about traffic congestion it's just another tax i could be for other versions of this congestion pricing plan but what we've seen so far shows you that this is just another tax on the same working class people that are taxed to the max Count me out. We'll see where this goes. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Boy, it has been a hot week. Yesterday was sort of the first day in our area that the heat wasn't totally oppressive. I mean, it was warm, but it didn't feel like you were immediately putting on a blanket or a giant overcoat, a giant heated overcoat when you stepped outside. So it looks like the heat wave is broken a bit and we're gonna have some nice weather for the weekend, hopefully. My heart really goes out to anybody that has to work outdoors in this heat. I mean, postal workers, Uh, people that work for Con Ed, people that work for Verizon, anybody that doesn't have a choice but to be outdoors. And I know most of them, if you've been in this line of work for a while, you probably take every precaution that you can in order not to overheat. But still, it is just really brutal if you're somebody that has to work outdoors. So we thank our lucky stars for the air conditioning. The heat and the fact that it is still clearly summer should be a reminder to Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks and any other purveyor of coffee that now is not the time to start selling fall drinks. I know a lot of the people that patronize Dunkin' Donuts really enjoy 
the pumpkin spice signature latte and pumpkin donuts and pumpkin muffins and pumpkin cream cold brews. Pumpkins are great. Pumpkins are for fall. Pumpkins are for Halloween. Pumpkins are not for the middle of August. And yet, despite this year's record heat and the the fact that there's weeks left of summer, Dunkin' Donuts has announced that they are unveiling their new fall menu on August 17th. It is way too soon for fall flavors and this pumpkin everything fanfare to start. Let's let summer play out. Let's wait until the kids are back in school. There should be no pumpkin flavoring in any of these food shops until after Labor Day. It's bad enough that we rush through Thanksgiving and Halloween to start the Christmas season early. Let's not do the same thing with rushing through summer. Let summer be summer. Dunkin' Donuts, other purveyors of food, it's probably too late this year, but I hope in the future you won't start this stuff until after Labor Day. It's just my two cents. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, the weather is not the only thing that's hot these days. Have you seen the New York Metropolitans? My goodness. Now, I will freely admit my biases on this one. I am a longtime, long-suffering New York Met fan, but the Mets are on fire. They just swept the Cincinnati Reds, including a uh, big victory yesterday. That was pretty impressive to watch. They have won 15 out of their last 17 games. They now have the second-best record in all of baseball, a big lead in the division. And if you're a Met fan, there's only one thing that's better than having the division lead. It's having a better record than the New York Yankees. And sure enough, the Mets have a better record than the New York Yankees. Now, I know the Phillies are coming into town and the Phillies are doing well and the Phillies are hoping to make the playoffs as well. This team is extraordinary. So our record right now is 73-39. and Now, this could very well be the best Met team of all time. Now, I should learn my lesson because last year the Mets were in first place for over 100 days and managed to finish the season with a losing record. Now, I don't see that happening this year. Uh, We've already got 73 wins and there's still 50 games left to play. But if they continue winning at this pace and now with Scherzer healthy in pitching, with DeGrom healthy in pitching, if they continue at this pace, this could be, in terms of just wins and losses, the second best Met team of all time behind the 86 team. Now, there's been some good Met teams over the years. In 1988, for instance, they lost to the Dodgers in the playoffs, but they were one of the best teams in baseball that year. They should have gone to the World Series. In um, 1985, if Daryl Strawberry didn't get hurt, who knows what would have happened. 73, they kind of got a lucky break. They played well, they won the pennant, but the teams of 1984, 1985, 1988, even though those teams didn't end up winning the World Series, those were actually teams that were probably better than than that 73 team. And I know the Mets lost the World Series in 73 as well. The point is, this is a pretty exciting time to be a Mets fan. And every year, I tell myself the same thing. Don't get excited. They're going to disappoint you. (laughs) There's going to be something bad that happens, just like a horror movie when you think they finally got the killer and then he comes back at the end for one last scare. I know I'm setting myself up to be disappointed. I can't help it. This is an incredibly exciting team to watch. Bring it on, Philadelphia Phillies. We're ready for you. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. 
Well, how do you become a judge in New York? Well, the question is, what kind of judge do you want to become? If you want to be a surrogate court judge, you just circulate petitions and run. If two Democrats want to run or two Republicans want to run, there's a primary. And uh, they run in the primary and then they run in the general election. Same thing with the civil court. You want to be a civil court judge? You just circulate petitions and run. And if there are multiple people that want to run for civil court, then there's a primary and the voters pick, right? Just like for any other office. But if you want to be a state Supreme Court justice, you can't do that. You are totally dependent on party bosses to get your party's nomination. And last week, the judicial conventions where these judicial delegates, a whole bunch of people you've never heard of, select all of the candidates for state Supreme Court justice in New York. That means that if you're a Democrat, and your Democratic lawyer, best regarded lawyer in the world, you can't just simply circulate petitions for state Supreme Court like you would for surrogate or for civil court. You are totally dependent on these party insiders to nominate you. What does that lead to? That leads to the people that want to be judges lavishing incredible contributions and in some cases direct payments to the people that are responsible and i'm not suggesting bribery at least not illegal bribery to the people responsible for making these decisions about who the judicial delegates pick understand this and i feel like people in new york don't understand how these judges get nominated there is no way if you're not a party insider to have any voice in who is nominated in your party the only thing you could do is run for judicial delegate yourself. And then uh, you'd have to run in a primary, and then you'd just be one out of a dozen or so judicial delegates who would have a voice in selecting the party nominee. Now, Brooklyn has gotten a lot of attention because of some fireworks that happened last week, but this goes on all over the state. This is crazy. This was almost declared unconstitutional, but the Supreme Court ruled nine to nothing, actually, that New York had the right to keep whatever kind of crazy process it wants. This is a crazy process, and this ought to change. Let's have direct elections of state Supreme Court justices in New York, just as we do for surrogate, just as we do for civil court, and every other elected judicial position in New York. Let's do away with these judicial conventions and have direct election of judges. To be continued.